0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good, Ryan. I'm coming to you live from Wisconsin.
0: Oh, my, that's right. So, Todd, so listeners are speaking. I'm going to speak directly to listeners and ignore you at a couple different points in this episode. This will be the first one, just to try every, just to try it out so everyone knows. Todd's on a Midwest tour right now. Todd's, Let's not uh, get Todd carried
1: is... away. Come on, Todd. I'm <laughs> not talking to you. I'm
0: talking to the <laughs> listeners. Todd's on a midwestern tour right now. So, you, Todd, why don't you explain what you're doing?
1: <laughs> so, I talked at Binghamton, and I'm talking right now at University of Wisconsin, and then I'm going to go to Anna Cornblue School, University of Illinois, at Chicago, and that'll
0: wrap. Hey, that hey. up. Hey, hey, yeah, that is awesome. So this is uh, so this is great. So you're on the road. This is um, so our first. Uh, this, um, yeah, I think our first tour episode, so that's pretty good. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I imagine so on this tour, uh, Todd Todd has been uh uh inspired to uh to come back to a claim that he made to me four years ago that we're gonna uh we're gonna get to uh, in a second. This episode, uh, as you can tell from the title, we're f- we're following up from the previous episode on the Western because there is a a lot to say uh in in retrospect i think probably um when we did the screwball we should have had a follow-up episode on uh the rom-com like by itself right i think that would have been a thing to do um but the western more um i think more easily uh, uh like it evinces that need like it like it requires it because so we ended uh, basically around like 1957, which is where it, around we're gonna gonna pick this up again. Uh, the Western, as most people know, um, well, do most people know this? Uh, gets a, a a a second life in the 70s, uh, particularly in the films of uh, Sergio Leone, and we get uh, the spaghetti Western, right? And like, and I think a lot of the Iconography that we associate with the Western actually comes from this period more than from the films in the uh, in the 40s and the 50s. So the like these wide sweeping vistas, right. the like the the tense, I think like uh, uh, interpersonal conflict, right? With with just you know, I would say like long shots, like extreme close up, these kinds of things are, are I, I think contribute a lot. To what a Western is, uh, and it's actually in the in popular period,
1: imagination. In
0: right? the popular imagination, right. yeah, that's right. So I, I think this is important. A friend of mine uh, made made this uh, this this point to me that uh, it's like how do how do you or ask this question like how do you define what a what a Western is? Because what we're what we've been trying to do is work through what a Western does, and so just very briefly, Todd McGowan, what is a Western?
1: I think and, a western,
0: and how and how do we know a western? We know
1: yeah. a western because it it is about the antagonism between law and lawlessness, right? Like that okay. is what a that's the antagonism that defines the genre. So I, I I I know you think like this too. I like to define genre. We did this with the screwball comedy as sexual antagonism. I like mm. to define it by the antagonism that that produces it, that that it it, it it's organized around, that it tries at times to solve but the better ones i think don't try to solve it right like they just <laughs> they just leave it as or explore it uh so yeah so that's what i think and and, and i think the, one of the ways that we define genre differently than typically in film studies is it's usually defined by you mentioned the word iconography it's usually defined by the the iconog like you would say well a western has horses and a, a town that's gonna, and you know uh, you know they were called an odor so there's a there's you know cowboys and mm-hmm. native americans right like the, like that's what a western but but no a western is defined by the problem is that once you define it that way then there's a lot of things that are westerns then you would say are western that don't have that iconography so there's a mm. there's a problem right so i think that right. that's that's why it's better to define a genre by the antagonism. that, that And it also can be a more expa- – it's more expansive, but it also can exclude things that have the iconography but actually don't take up that central antagonism.
0: Nice. That's really good. Yeah, this is – so what, what Todd's just described, this is the difference between is and does. When yes. you focus on the antagonism, yeah. Yeah. you're looking at what is the – what is the, the the what is the genre mobilize okay what does it do what is as you mo- would put it yeah, right. yeah. yeah 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 so that and that is a a, a key thing and it's something that uh we're going to rely on as we as we uh continue this episode so we're going to look at um three films uh, uh and we're going to talk a little bit about uh the spaghetti western uh more broadly um it for the purpose we're doing this for the purposes of uh argumentative uh clarity i am a lover of the uh of the spaghetti western we're going to reference it but it's just uh, the way that we we worked it's just maybe we'll come back to it another time but it, it's not fitting in exactly to uh make the uh the argument that we want to pursue i think right. in this episode is right. fair to say so we're gonna talk about three films we're gonna talk about shane We're going to talk about um, the Spaghetti Western kind of in general. And then this is not a Spaghetti Western, but it is a 70s Western, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. And then we're going to talk about the most radical Western, which is what, Todd McGowan?
1: It is Roadhouse.
0: It is Roadhouse. Yes. With uh, Patrick
1: Swayze in his best performance, I think. Uh, I I have a couple little trivia questions for you about Roadhouse, which I I want to... I want to do them now, if that's okay
0: with you. You want to do them now? Okay, so I do. just... I do. You, this is what you want to do now? Here's yeah. what I want to do now. Okay. Listeners, I'm talking to you right now. Todd first said this to me four years ago, and I thought he was literally out of his fucking mind when he said this. I thought... I was like, this is the most... This is the most groundless contrarian take <laughs> that anyone <laughs> can come up with. <laughs> that's what this is. There is, no, there is no merit to this whatsoever. And... um. I I rewatched it uh several times since you saying I know it was 4 years ago because we were in Rhode Island still. And I remember walking around I was like, "Are you are you ser-? anyway?" And I'm I'm coming around I've come around to 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 the way that you see things, but it we're kind of going to we're kind of going to play that out um in yeah. this in this episode yeah. is is to like really what the the question is like cuz the most popular conversation you're going to get about roadhouse is that it's a good bad movie right. i think that was even you told me this it's even that's even the claim in a recent uh article on the ringer like that's kind of like all you're going to get it's by it's, this is, guy named like, mark titus
1: it's he says oh, okay he says roadhouse is an excellent example of the good bad film
0: okay so there you go there you go so that's the that's the popular uh, status i mean like uh you know rocky four right and then another class right. another classic good bad movie in in popular in the popular imagination um so that's where i was that's what i thought when the first time you said that to me but um in again playing out what the western does we're gonna try to position the radicality of roadhouse in a way that um i i think is a little uh in the literal sense, avant-garde is literally against uh, the, uh, the 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 public imagination and what you. could, I mean, the I think the Rotten Tomatoes or the Metacritic on this one is like thirty-seven percent. Right. It's very the, low. The, right. Very low. The audience score much higher, which I think there's something to that. But anyway, um, we're we're gonna get to it. So stay, stay your objections, and uh, l- l- allow us to to bring you through the argument. But you're going to hit me with trivia questions. A couple of right. trivia l- questions, l-
1: yes, okay. yes. So, <laughs> what NFL player is okay, okay. nicknamed? Current player is nicknamed Roadhouse.
0: Uh, I have no idea. Jeez. You don't know. Wow.
1: It is no. It is Andy Dalton. Andy Stop Dalton. It. Oh yes. my God! Because he's the lead character Patrick Swayze's name in the film is just Dalton, so right. Andy Dalton has the nickname Roadhouse, well, uh, former okay. quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then the the other question is the guy that hires him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Tilgman, uh was a star of what nineteen seventies television series? Um. You might have recognized Just tell me. him even. Okay. It's emergency. Yeah. I, it's emergency.
0: Interesting. He played the bag. He's one of the, um, I think he's John Locke's dad in Lost. That's how I know him. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, okay.
0: He's a bad guy. Uh, is I Lockstead or, or Sawyer's? Anyway, I don't, I don't quite remember. Okay. Oh, wait, or wait, do they have the same father? I. Just, anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: so that was that was my. I, I was hoping to stump you, and I did. So that's that's you good. You did stump yeah, me. I stumped that's you. For, that's I very, thought the Dalton one you would get. I thought the the nickname Roadhouse you might you might get because of. Well, Andy Todd, Dalton. did
0: you know that that the characters in the film are named after uh, Western? figures.
1: I did not know that. So there we go. Well, so well
0: c- so Todd McGowan. Yeah. Emmett Dalton is who Dalton is named after. And the guy whose uh barn he lives in is also named Emmett. The uh the the bad guy, main character, Wesley, that's named after John Wesley Harding. Oh. Uh and uh let's see, there was one other one that uh that I'm forgetting. But yeah, so a lot of the characters Oh, after Pat Garrett and, and Billy the...
1: the Kid. Wade Garrett is, his, is is his friend, exactly. Yeah. Played by That's Sam right. Elliott.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's right. Also, kind of an interior Bob Dylan reference because you know he had an album called John Wesley Harding, and he did the soundtrack for Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. That's where Knocking on Heaven's Door comes from. Yeah. So we got a okay. little, got a lot of little, things, a thing. lot of
1: references are going on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and it is also to bring us back on track. It is also. Most closely, like, so there's this internal Western dynamic to Roadhouse, but it's also closest to Shane uh, right. of any of the classic Westerns, which is right. what we're gonna uh, first uh, begin to talk about. So let's we talk delve about, into
1: Shane, yes?
0: Yeah, let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah, uh, um, this should be regarded um, as having the Top Gun beach volleyball scene of the Western, like, it really, really, really should. There's a, an incredibly erotic. Uh, two men chopping down a tree stump and yes. uh m- moment about ten minutes into the movie, uh that everyone that that should be when people think of the beach volleyball scene in in uh in I was about to say Roadhouse uh, <laughs> uh in Top Gun and transpose that to other genres it should be this moment in Shane but that's that's kind of a, that's a little that's a little minor thing so Shane is I think um. It's a classic western for a lot of reasons. It you it just begins with this guy Shane, main the main character, the protagonist. He just kind of shows up out of nowhere, like he just like he just appears. And I think that this aspect of the western is something that Clint Eastwood would be really fascinated with, um, and yeah. and would see it's like full. It's it's the the most fulfillment for him in Pale Rider. I right. think is is is, right. is where he would he would take this idea f- for his cinema to the kind of like to to the to the zenith but like this the western hero he just sort of like emerges like out like just almost like out of nature like out of nowhere and he shows up on this family's farm and becomes embroiled in a uh, bitter conflict uh over land and uh it's his chance to what would you say Todd like d- he's he's taking Shane taking this opportunity of helping this family on their farm to uh as a, as a shot at redemption? Yeah, like I think redem- that's redeeming right. Redeeming this past right. that we right. don't really know about? Yeah. We don't
1: know anything about it except that it's violent, right? I mean, we we, yeah. we assume it's violent, I think, but we don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a key to the Western hero, right? That you don't really know there's this sordid past, but it's it's left in the dark. Like, we talked about Searchers last time, and Ethan right. Edwards comes home, and you know that he's done some bad things, but you mm-hmm. you never learn what they are. I mean, he's racist, right. so you assume there there's something of a racist variety. But you you have you never learn in the film, and I think that's really important. Like, I, in, in fact, I'm trying to think of a western where you do learn the past of the person, and I I, I can't think of one. You know, even the even the even Hawks Roadhouse. ones. You, well, Roadhouse, I guess, is an exception, right? Like, you do kind of learn.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Well, a little actually. Bit. You learn well. I mean, we're we're gonna get to it, and I think we'll come back. We'll probably come back to this exact point in about thirty minutes. But like, you learn his past by seeing his present, right? That's I think right. something that film does really, really interestingly. Right. But yeah, I guess um, in in that in the and certainly in the classic era, like it's it's sort of it's this um, it's uh, uh, this dark shadow to borrow a metaphor from Dexter, right? right. This like thing that's in the uh, or no, that's Dark Passenger, but it's this thing that's in the background. It's it's kind of haunting and and playing on what the the, the western hero right. is doing it it, it it colors everything that they that they do right like Absolutely. um maybe a little bit a little bit like um to think of the films that we did cover like in Rio Bravo you know you think about um not not John Wayne's character but um Dino
1: yeah Martin's character
0: yeah I think yeah. So, well, I mean it's an and,
1: alcoholic and, past, right? That's the key. Right, right. Overcome. And it's
0: like how did he end up there? Cuz again, right. you see you see where he is and then you kind of left a little bit to the imagination of yeah. the things that got there. There are details in the film, but you don't know exactly and you never see it. I yeah. think that's kind of I think that's the that's key. That's kind of the point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, Shane uh is the the antagonism in the in the town. This is a this is a pretty this is a pretty big one and I think this becomes uh this is in the far country as well. There's a lot of Westerns that have... I think in process. the
1: 50s, this kind of takes over, doesn't it? It takes over from... This why Searchers is a little bit an anachron- anachronistic, because it still has the antagonism with the Native American figures. Mm-hmm. But here it's with the... I mean, they're called ranchers in the in the film, but I, I it's not, it, I mean, the same kind of thing sort of plays out. It plays out in Man from Laramie by Anthony Mann, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's basically with, with rapacious capitalists, right? I mean, that's yeah. the, yeah. that's what they're standing in for. I think like capitalists who refuse to abide by any kind of law in, in the sense of a restriction at all.
0: Mm-hmm and so they've what they've done is instantiated a new kind of land ownership meaning that anyone who has had a claim and done work to develop it they don't have it anymore this is even in like you say this this takes over this is um the beginning of the uh the Harrison Ford Helen Mirren uh Yellowstone um, t- series it begins with this like dispute over claims and where people can ranch and do like like whatever and 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 the people who are who are ranching feel like the the rug has been pulled out from them and the the rules have have changed suddenly and then Harrison Ford though is on the side of the law he's got anyway I'm not going to explain everything that goes on in there but just the point is that like this does become like a a huge point uh of of where like kind of the western goes is that like who 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 owns land and what's kind of interesting is that like that it does is coupled with the, um, avoision as I put it in the last episode <laughs> of the n- native American figures. Because, I like, there's a, there's a, yeah. Cause there's a scene, Shane makes it like this particularly obvious. Cause there's a scene where he's explaining to the, um, the, I'm forgetting everybody's name, but the avatar, the, the capitalist who is, uh, engi- trying to engineer this like giant land takeover. Isn't it Riker and, is his name? Rikers. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Um, that's probably why I didn't remember it. Cause I feel like Riker, Rikard, I've heard in a million different movies yeah. as, as yeah. villainous characters. But, yeah. um, and, and so what Riker says is that he fought in, in the war for this land. And then what, um, uh, Van Heflin's character says is like, well, people were here before you. And you're like, yes, they were. <laughs> How is he going to finish this? He says, well, there were trappers and, uh, and traders. <laughs> and you're like, uh, you just about missed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just yeah, about, but yeah. but but I think that it's it, so it's but, it's, but it's actually it's, uh,
1: in in him missing it. It's actually more obvious in this film than in other agreed. films where it's just completely elided, <laughs> right? So yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, your point is really good. That like, which is the more racist film, Searchers or Shame? Right? Like, it's Searchers has yeah. like pretty terrible depiction of Scar and Native Americans, but. Shane just writes them out of the <laughs> of the situation out of altogether, out of history. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I think it's a tough. I don't think it's it's so evident that oh, Shane. I mean, look, Shane is depicting this antagonism of, of between law and capitalism that Searchers isn't, and I think it's more radical for that reason. But I think mm-hmm. there, but it does have that other problem. I think that of of, of, of writing out any Native mm-hmm. American figures.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's interesting. I mean, it does like I um I don't I don't know that this is I I it its not it isn't. It can't be. It can't be the first uh, western to have uh to have done that, but it is interesting that like in the in the solidifying this is like where the western goes for the antagonism like as in like pe- like someone else is taking over the town. Yeah. There's a there's an existential threat to the town like that that does it, this is one definitely one of those films that pushes in that direction and you can kind of see where like the uh just the like the how to how to d- how to um reckon with uh like America's history is just kind of elided elided yeah. completely yeah. and it's in places uh like in, in what's put in place is actually like a a kind of conflict that is just so it's just so reminiscent of that history, but doesn't actually name it. You know what I mean? So like, like that's in the that's kind of something that's in that elision. It's but well, you know what's
1: interesting is yeah. like the figures identified with lawlessness in the classical mm-hmm. Western are actually on the side of law against capital, right? Like yeah, I mean yeah. you could like you could make a you could make this reverse. I don't think it's been made, but you could make this reverse Western where mm-hmm. the whites are the rapacious capitalists. And the mm-hmm. Native Americans are saying, wait a minute, there's a whole, already a system of law set up and yeah. you're you're encroaching on it, right? Like it could be just like Shane, but it would be, you know, just reversed. Yeah. I think that that, I mean, it's, it's interesting that the only thing Hollywood can do is like the Kevin Costner, the figure of yeah. like goes over to the other side. But, there, right, but, right, but right. you never get this view of, of, of capital, from the standpoint of of the people that were encroached on, as if they were the figures of law, right, like I think that yeah. would be that would be a really because of of course, because Native Americans are way too romanticized to be identified with with law, mm. so you know I think in the in the popular imagination, so I think that that's i don't think that film could be made even today, even today yeah,
0: that's interesting, I mean like I think you're uh, the there's an episode of Westworld that does like exactly your Oh okay. Point, so I think. Yeah. It where where no no where it it, it I don't think that it because that show uh it, it doesn't well there's not a lot of television series that actually name capitalism as the as the enemy as such even like the best example of it which is the good place never names capitalism I know, as I the know, enemy I know. never one time so it, like they talk
1: about all these other things like oh there's yeah. <laughs> no one's going to heaven because of all these yes. terrible because things because of the system yeah, yeah that's whatever yeah, but yeah. it's never
0: never yeah. actually directly named so um but yeah no i think I, th- I think your point your point's a good one like like the, it, the and i wonder i don't know um i haven't yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I know that there are like, there's always like, I don't know, there's like a handful of westerns made per uh, like per year. But like when more recently, I think you and I both really like Hell or High Water. Yeah, and it's well, uh, it's
1: it, clearly it, about this antagonism, right? Between, it's clearly about yeah, the, yeah. yeah,
0: but it but it doesn't but it doesn't have it doesn't have the transposition into the past of the like where I don't know with the the, the native figure in the position you're suggesting. Anyway, right. I think that's really interesting. Um, the so, uh, so it's there is this relationship between, I guess. I think what we're saying is that, like, there is, and th- I think this will actually come up a, a little bit uh, later in a different way with Roadhouse. Um, tarrying alongside the radicality is something regressive, yeah. I think that's something that you, you and I believe in a lot is that, like, these two things, um, they're often you will often see them together it's it's that the the thing that uh, that offers a uh, break um also offers something that is uh, i don't know perhaps a little shameful yeah as you well.
1: you could uh, almost even hazard the hypothesis that that you can't avoid
0: that right maybe i don't know like you know that there's well you said that you said this to me um especially about i think this is especially evident during the um the studio system and and during the code that like the the, to put something radical in Hollywood film in this, in this period, like you, uh, almost required some, uh, some, uh, some bigotry in, in the film to just, to let everyone know, like, Hey, we're still on, you know, we're still on your side. Your side. We're still yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. We're still on the dominant side. And, and I, I think that is maybe a little, that's like, I think you could perhaps say that, 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 uh, is something that happens in the in the trajectory of the 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 western moving yeah. from yeah. from roots to like into to what to postcode and 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 what's some of the things would 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 pick up there's yeah. an exa- i'm trying to um i'm trying to remember what you if there was a cap or example that you positioned to me as like the example of this as like this thing that like oh i think had a you can't
1: e- take it with you it's you can't oh, take okay, it with you yeah
0: yeah yeah which is a great film
1: but then it has these certain elements to it which are a little untoward and a little problematic um as capra almost all of his films do uh Mm. so but i i really what i you know what's great about shane is that it really it's so paradigmatic because Mm -hmm. as you point out he comes in from nowhere basically he leaves to nowhere at the end or to death which is nowhere uh Mm -hmm. and while he's there he he's this vanishing mediator he vanishes but while he's there he he defeats lawlessness and and thus yeah. installs the law i mean that's what he that's what he does
0: yeah yeah it's uh and like um i would too if i was shot and bleeding out and there was a child screaming my name i would slowly move away from them in fact i i think it I think what he should be lauded for more than anything is that he doesn't gallop away from that freaking kid. He just goes slowly and dignified, but yeah. he's a more dignified man than I am. So yes. that's that's why. Yes, that, that was that's a nice it was
1: a it was a last ethical gesture on his part. It, the, in right. the film The Negotiator, uh, Kevin Spacey and and Samuel L Jackson have an argument with, about whether Shane is dead at the end or not. And and mm. Samuel L Jackson is convinced he's just wounded and he's he's going on, but I Got I don't it. think Spacey is right in much, but I think he was right in that. Uh, in that, that Shane is dead, actually. Or dying, for sure. Well,
0: well, you know what? Don't give Spacey credit. It's credit the screenwriter. It's the screenwriter, there, right. So I'm sorry, yes. or, or
1: it's F. Gary Gray, who directed the film. He's a great director. Oh, there we go. I'm very underrated yeah. director, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, sure. We'll have to do that. We'll have to do that episode. Um, the So that so Shane um, just instantiates this uh, this. The uh, return of uh of of the law to the town, but it's it's he does something toward the end of the film that we're going to come back to. Um, that Roadhouse iterates on, and that Roadhouse is more radical on. Um, the, the uh the gang that is the the uh capitalist stand-in gang that is trying to bring like a new way of understanding uh land in that they own all of it right into the into the town. Uh they're provoking Van Heflin's character into attacking them where it's it's rigged, it's set up, there's gonna be more men that he's expecting, right. and he is going to die. He's gonna die. And Shane yeah. Shane knows this. And now Shane has tried to uh in a quiet, I think, way, uh say goodbye to his violent past. I mean, like the uh what is it? Is it uh is it Marion The um yeah, her, it's, it's.
1: I'm, I think her, her, it's Jean Arthur. Uh, I think, okay. yeah, Marion, I think is her name in the film. Yeah.
0: So she has the, she has this great, uh, she has the great claim about guns that they're just really, they're not good for anything. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, uh, I think Shane, uh, and she says this as he's teaching her son how to, how shoot. How to shoot. And I think, and I think Sh- Shane is. I think he agrees with her. And I think part of part of why, if part of why the he disappears at the end is because he has had to. He has had to take up the tools that he tried to down. Right. He tried to. Right. D- the past right. that he tried to bury. He couldn't he bury. Had to, it. Right. Exactly. He had to dig into this. Uh, to this darkness to to help save the town. And what he does is he beats up Van Heflin. And I mentioned this in the previous episode. It's really really great sequence where the, like, these are two like uh there's like brothers uh or and or like i mean they're not literally brothers but like they become very very close very close been living yeah. on on van heflin's property they had the top gun scene earlier so there's a lot of cl- they both they're both in love with the same woman van right. heflin's character's right. wife right. like right. the so, so the um there's a lot of closeness there and when they fight it's like it breaks the world like the the horses and the cattle are all disturbed the camera work in the sequence is really great it's like inside the house for a while you don't see them even hitting each other you right. you you're you're locked inside like like what's happening is like not it's not that it's too graphic to be seen but it's just too upsetting right and so uh eventually after this like turmoil of the frame you do see these like these two guys these friends wailing on each other because shane needs to make van Heflin unconscious so that he doesn't kill himself so he takes the burden of of the violence, violence of the violence and he goes off to, and the to risk. Save the town which which yeah. and the risk which he does and he does get shot for yeah. it um and i think that so
1: that's a great scene too. That the 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 final is. conflict is really shot in an interesting way. I think that there's because someone's waiting above him, right? Unfairly, like that's an ambush. In the he goes into like right. a bar or something, right? And then, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the the uh, yeah the general store bar yeah. uh, where the the headquarters, which is also really nice for the like the stand-in for capital, right? It's like yeah. the only place yeah. in town that's where you go to shop and do anything, and it's like the expansion of that capitalist ethic to the rest of the town. Like that's, right. that's the, right. e- even at the level of iconography, like that's, what's kind of yeah. happening yeah. at the film. Um, so this is what we get in Shane. I think that um, this, we like there are elements of it that uh, push in this, in, uh, in in the previous episode, we talked about elements of certain films that push in the direction that we see Shane go in, but Shane takes it just, I think like a little bit further in, it is in, the paradigmatic Western,
1: isn't it? I, I mean, I think it is. Yeah. It's just it's the paradigm. I mean, it's it's at because the end of the Western sequence, but it is the it's yeah. the paradigm because for the, all the reasons we're talking about, because it, it, it's perfectly. It's like it's like someone said, like okay, you know, the vanishing mediator, he comes from no, and then you have this conflict between lawlessness and law, and, and then the, it's resolved by this mediator that then has to leave because he's the source of the violence and you can't... Like, that's why he has to leave, right? Because right, the, you want to get rid of the violence, but if he mm-hmm. stays, that violence is, contaminates the, the new s- social order that forms.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I think that's, I think you're right. And, and, you know, to like what we talked about, like a 10, 10, 15 minutes, minutes ago, the erasure of America's past as a way of, you know, uh, pushing this, like this new conflict. Right. I mean,
1: that's the problem with the law that gets instituted is that it erases the past and it doesn't, I mean, it eliminates capital in the film, but of course it doesn't, it doesn't really. And so that's, you know, of course that's a, but that's a problem with every, western i think you know that it it would be interesting i think to link this real failure to eliminate capital to the Mm -hmm. erasure of the native presence in the you know like in what way does that do those two things are they are they coincidental or are they just you know contingently together right i think that would be interesting question.
0: Is, that's interesting. Is it a, is it a, yeah, I think I think it's it's more integral I do, than I do incidental. too, but I you know, you'd yeah. have to
1: think it out because I don't think it's yeah. exactly clear what how that relationship works.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So in the so seven so in in the so this when is am I right is is chain 57? 53, it's earlier. 53 it's before oh, searchers. Yeah. yeah. Before searchers. Okay. Yeah. So post searchers um we move into this uh, period that comes to be defined uh, by Clint Eastwood. I mean, like this is like, if you're looking at a real simplistic history of the Western, it's like John Wayne to Clint Clint Eastwood. Eastwood, I even, yeah, I even know this story. I don't know what, I don't know what film was like one of the, it's like one of the last films that, that John Wayne was in and the, the blocking called for Wayne to shoot this guy in the back. And he kept telling the director, I'm not doing that. And the director said Clint Eastwood would do it. <laughs> and, and John Wayne, I guess John Wayne's response was, I don't care what that kid would do. John Wayne doesn't shoot anybody in the back, which is like, I, that's, that's, that's a, the the most ethical you're going to get from that guy. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So the, so that, but that shift, like that's, uh, I mean, that is uh, talked about that's in like sort of like Hollywood lore. That's in popular right. imagination. We go from, uh, I mean, and even like I, I, because I mean, I don't even know that we're still. I don't even know that we're out of the Eastwood. Uh, I don't think kind so. of, right. of Western, you know. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, he. Uh, well, Gran Torino is
1: another is a version of the is another one Eastwood East yeah. Western. I mean, he
0: Western, win, I wins yeah. he wins Best Picture for Unforgiven, right? It's the only Western to to win Best Picture. Yeah. Another piece of trivia. Yeah. Um. So it's a like a huge like this is another this is another paradigm shift. But I would say, uh, which, can I just say yeah.
1: something about this? I would say the greatest spaghetti Western does not, he refused to be in it.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So Once Upon a Time Spicy. in the West was gonna, yeah. because it, it, it's the, it's forms a second, it's after the first trilogy of Fistful of Dollars, Few Dollars More, and Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and then which mm-hmm. is the, I think it's called the Man with No Name Trilogy, because he, yes. he doesn't have a name in those films, although he's called Joe in Fistful of Dollars, but I think that's just a name given to him. Yeah. Uh, Ordinary Joe or whatever. Uh, yeah. But then he he he's like, I don't want to be any more Sergio Leone films, and so he <laughs> refused to, he did, I guess he's afraid of being typecast, although then he continued to make Westerns that yeah. he directed. Um, yeah, so, so, so... I think fortuitous that Charles Bronson, t- who's really yeah. good, is in. He's In, good, in is in uh, Once a Time in the West, and it's a, it's a, it's quite good. And but but they all have this aspect to them. Of uh, they're still mm-hmm. don't you think even the spaghetti western is? I mean, the Man with No Name is exactly this. Like he's kind of yep. like Shane. He's yeah. a little less ethical than Shane. He survives. Mm-hmm. So that's a. Right, important Well, is
0: that what you think? Hold on, I think you just said it. Is that does that become the ethic in the spaghetti, do you think? Or, or, or is it survival? Is that yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty
1: interesting. That rather than sacrificing oneself for the new social order, you're just trying to like okay, so so Fistful of Dollars is basically a remake of Yojimbo, the great Kurosawa mm-hmm. film, but. He's not exactly. An, I mean he does res, he kills almost everyone because of him almost everyone in the town is killed.
0: Yeah.
1: But the yeah. the the and and it's not he's not fighting so much capital as warring gang factions, right? So right. that's right. different too, I think. Mhm.
0: Yeah. I think that's right. Uh that's interesting. Um it, it's it's a uh, it's kind of like the the aspect that that is in Shane where it's this the the vanishing mediator like the guy comes out of, of nowhere and and then uh and leaves out of nowhere um it is made more it is made more apparent and more consistent yeah. you're right in yeah. these in these movies um and i should mention just for anyone these are called spaghetti westerns because uh leone was italian and also they were shot in italy they were
1: off, shot in Austin. italy right and they they yes. most of them were not i mean the the actors spoke italian so So they are dubbed into this is they're they're a little like uh, Hong Kong martial arts films of the same of the same
0: or the uh, 60s uh, Bond movies. Right. Right. Where the post dubbing. Yeah. 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 Um, It's so so okay. So you have that. So we have kind of two changes. We have an intensification, I would say, of the vanishing meteor. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. It is Mm -hmm. much, much more apparent. Yeah. Um, and the where the uh, action, where the action and the conflict in a film like Shane does have to do with the town. It does have to do with uh, people in it. Like you, the that doesn't. It's it, it's more locked into the uh, singular conflict of that usually usually Clint Eastwood right or or the, or the, yeah. the Eastwood figure. Yeah. The so it's we've we've kind of gone. In, uh back to a little bit of a like in, in like a high noon thing, right? Where it's the the singular uh conflict of the of the of the hero. And there I mean it's in things like Hang 'em high, there is a town, of course. Right. Uh involved, right? Or, or am I thinking or am I um
1: No, both there's a town in that, th- there's a town in Fistful of Dollars.
0: Right? Yeah. There's yeah, a town in a-
1: Once Upon a Time in the West, there's a town. But again it's like I mean that one's maybe the most where it's capital like there's a railroad coming through but the problem is like the western hero there isn't on the side of the law they're more on the side i guess they kind of are but they're also on the side of little capital against big capital right like that's so that's it's a little bit i would almost say that's the that's how the antagonism changes slightly in the in the spaghetti western which is why todd would yeah
0: (laughs) i want i want you to finish that sentence but would you say that the western hero in the spaghetti western um it operates on the side of the farmers' market instead of big capital uh, I would say that ryan that's really good and i
1: <laughs> <laughs> as someone who lives in a state where there's a lot of farmers' markets i i
0: yeah
1: you know, but there's still cap- you know i it was very funny so uh a a, a, a radical marxist in my I think of myself as a radical but maybe not a marxist but proximate um mm-hmm. she uh th- there were these the university was going to change its structure so that all the dining would be in this in the student center and that there, they wouldn't and they were going to make the this road that was formerly a road where all these food trucks parked into a pedestrian mm-hmm. way just for the students right mm-hmm. and this person led successfully actually Led the protest against to protect these, these you know working class people, and I was like, uh, uh, wait a minute, (laughs) they're they're I mean they're little capitalists, but they're they're still capitalists. They're they're not they're not working for a a they're not they're not part of the working class. I don't think it's as as far Mm -hmm. as I understand the term, but uh, anyway. So I think this would be a case where. Yeah, I mean, she was like a spaghetti Western hero, one might say, right? Like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, well, so yeah,
0: very nice. Yeah. I uh, do. You remember the point you were about to make? about I do. This, I uh, do. That I yeah, think okay, this is
1: why that. the spaghetti Western is lesser than the traditional ah, okay. Western. You know, it's because okay. it doesn't have this. I don't see. I don't see the west. The spaghetti Western hero fighting for law and the installation of mm. law right they're fighting for the little capitalist to become a bi- in once upon a time in the west it's very clear for the little capitalist to become a big one right yeah. it's just a, yeah. it's just sure. i mean i guess you could say law in the sense that there's something unfair about the way and corrupt about the way in which the big capitalist is operating right and then sure. then okay then that makes that makes sense but but there, but, but in the, in the classical western there's a real sense that Law is fighting. Law is against capital, right? And mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. that's missing. And then interesting it, when we turn this slightly more to Robert Altman, it becomes mm. even more complicated. You know, because I don't know what would you say about McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which is is a it's a great film. I think it's the yeah. I think it's the we've had this conversation. I think it's the classic from the seventies, even over long goodbye. Mm. And overmatch, mm. but uh, it's. Not, I don't think it's shortcuts level, which I you know is.
0: is oh yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. Of, like, we the have great... a lot of affection for for, yeah. for that film. Yeah. Um. The yeah, I mean, I I I love I love McCabe and Mrs. Miller. It's very very so it's one of just right off the bat, it is striking the Leonard Cohen soundtrack.
1: Oh, great soundtrack It's
0: just is very different from anything you're getting in another Western like it, it, it's or in it's another film close. right like I mean or what, fi-
1: what yeah. other film uses radical folk music as it's mm-hmm. basically its entire soundtrack I just can't I I, I I mean Altman is very famous for his soundtracks but Nashville's the opposite yeah. it's using sort of country music <laughs> in the not radical music well, at all
0: all right we don't have to litigate this. I think there is a rat radical theres a radical country music we don't have to get into this. no I agree but
1: it's the... not in Nashville
0: no you yeah, that's a good point
1: yeah right. i'm not I'm not right. I wasn't condemning the genre I was just saying in the, I was just in,
0: sticking in, up for Graham Parsons that's uh, all okay I'm fair
1: doing. enough i I, I mean I'm not all. a fan of country but I would never say <laughs> the entire genre is retrograde I'm just saying sure. the country music play, I mean that's part of the point of the film that the country yeah. music played in the film is not a radical country music.
0: Yeah, that, uh, yeah, no, right. no, that's correct. I think you're, I think you're, you're, yeah. No, 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 that, 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 that is certainly right. And then obviously the, the, the contemporary country, the patriotic stuff after 9-11 is like, you know, is even. It's even worse. If you, if, you, right. if right. you remade Nashville, like, I mean, that could be the, if you did a radical remake of Nashville and you made that the point that like this, this change. Yeah, in country music, from yeah. at, from like working class concerns to this like extreme like uh to, like uh, uh I don't know story topping patriotism. I, that's right. a, I think mean, that's a that's a film that would be pretty good. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. Um, Except the guy uh, to make so it is dead already. So he the guys dead. Yeah, guys dead yeah. to make it. So about him and and about McCabe and Mister Miller, like uh you got another character with who emerges out of nowhere, out of nowhere, um, to, a, to a town, to a town. And he has a past, uh, that is, uh, whispered about as another really interesting thing about, I mean, this is just another interesting thing about, um, Altman, like, like I, I do you think in some ways that Altman is the, uh, the inheritor of Hawks because do. he does a lot I do. of, okay.
1: Cause, cause also across genres so much, right? Like, yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. All right, that was, but, one, but, but that was one of my reasons isn't it inter-
1: It's a great point. I think it's interesting that Hawks did it in the studio system, and, and after the code, it almost becomes impossible to be Howard Hawks within the studio system. So Altman mm. Altman had to struggle to get money to make all of his films. So mm-hmm. he, he, did, mm. he was not a studio director. So it is, don't you think that's fascinating, that it's a non-studio director becomes what Howard Hawks was?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like isn't the this side sidebar conversation on Altman that Altman? Uh, I mean, Altman. I think when I think of Altman, I think he's doing genres, and I yes, think like, yes. like 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 single genres. And right, right. Like single
1: with, films per he, genre. Right. He's like. I mean, Kubrick yes. does this a little bit. I mean, that would be the other argument. I think that Kubrick is really the Hawks, is the post Hawks. But, okay. but I think I, I like Altman because you know he does like Quintet is his science fiction, McCabe and Mrs. Miller is his western. He does kind of. He didn't do so well with the with the screwball comedy, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's yeah. Doctor T and the Women or something. I mean, it's it's a disaster. Yeah. It's a it's a yeah. terrible disaster.
0: Kubrick's better on that. I mean, obviously yeah. he's got yeah. *Strange Love*, so that's.
1: But he doesn't do any uh, romantic comedy. He doesn't do a screwball comedy, right? He just yeah. can't. He can't. I don't think he can do it. Those are hard films to make. Well, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, there's not even like, you know what? Where, like, a to- total, 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 total si- sidebar of the sidebar. I mean, are, do they like are comedies even made that much now?
1: Yeah, They're I don't. Not. I, I, I think it's, it's yeah. sort
0: of shocking. Like, like you, you like there's. There's this thing where you have like, a, I don't know, like there's some there's some action premise and it's also funny. Right. It's like that's yeah. kind of where we're at. That's like every and, and
1: Dwayne, whatever his name, The Rock, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson uh, film. It's like that. Right. Yeah. Like there's yeah. and and Ryan Reynolds is he's in all of those, too. Right. Like, they yes, there's like an action premise and then they tell little jokes as they're going through. Yeah, that.
0: as they go along. Yeah. yeah right. Right. But basically, it, yeah. um, like
1: I mean, is it is it Bridesmaids was the last one? Or you know So like, that
0: bring that definitely brings in the improv comedy yeah, yeah. As, as an idea. And and so that's interesting. Yeah, there was a little bit, I mean there's a little bit of a moment after after Bridesmaids were um certainly with a lot of the um with the actors that were in that film, you know, you have Meyer Rudolph, um uh, Maya Rudolph and John Krasinski they, I don't know if this is a comedy, but Away We Go, pretty good film. Yeah. The, Sam Mendes did. Um, who I don't always like, but I yeah. I did like that movie of his. Um, but anyway, really? uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting sidebar. We'll have to come back to that one. Yep. Um, th- th- with with McCabe, what happens in the film is McCabe, uh, his point the point of McCabe is he wants to he wants to basically take advantage of a town that is in the moment of its uh, uh instantiation in the right. moment of its being built and right. he's going to come in and he's going to build a brothel and a basically like a like a bar and not, and a not gambling casino house, in right? any way a casino. gambling yeah, yeah exactly. Casino. yeah and so he's going to take advantage of these people and that this is a um going to be like a route to a mine this is it kind of, this is also not in a, in a not typically uh uh western locale of the like the pacific northwest which is makes it very interesting yeah uh and so he's there to take like he's there to take advantage of people but he's really struggling at it and so um this uh this this woman who has run a brothel before mrs miller who meets mccabe earlier in another town right um uh comes up to where he's trying to grow this uh, this business model taking advantage of people. And she says she knows how to, she'll, she'll run the brothel because yeah. he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. And there's a lot of scenes that are, I think pretty funny where he's just very clearly McCabe is just in over his head right. with a lot of this, right. like, um, and so it's uh, just a great, um, great performance from uh, it's uh, Julie like, Christie. Right? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, do you like this pairing of Christy and Beatty better or um, Heaven Can Wait?
1: I don't know. I mean, Heaven Can Wait's amazing film. So yeah. I like both. Like yeah. I, it'd be hard for me to say. I think Heaven Can Wait just because they're they have a relationship in Heaven Can Wait, and here it's they're true. they're just they have a business relationship only.
0: Did you, well, and also a kind of a competitive one. In yes. A, in in yeah. a sense, like when when he when McCabe meets her, like he always does this thing where he puts an egg in his uh, whiskey. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Yeah. and and then the second he sees her she just just like devours like two eggs and she's just like like she's just housing this food and it is like uh i it, it's really funny like it's a it's a uh it's a symbolically castrating moment of a woman eating which i think is like a pretty radical yeah it's <laughs> pretty great yeah, um, yeah so great. um i mean that's that's like what's going on in the scene so anyway so he does build up the town but because the town is being built up and it's on the way to this mine a uh a corporation uh, sends emissaries to uh, purchase, basically to 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 purchase the. Uh, are, are they purchasing the land? They're, they're, they're buying the town. They just want yeah. this way, this unfettered access to the mine. And yeah. what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to destroy the town so they can have access to the resources. And McCabe is drunk, and so it's like not for ethical reasons. He's just like a sloppy fall down drunk, and he doesn't take the negotiation seriously. Yeah, and. I think this is really great because what and I as part of why I I like this movie a lot is he backs into becoming yes a radical yes. hero. Yes. He he is not he is not he would take the Eastwood. money he would take the money. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. would if it if they offered just a little bit more. He would have totally taken it. He yeah. assumed he assumed that's what was going to happen. He was going to see these guys the next morning, and they were going to make a, a counter offer, and he was going to accept it. He was totally going to do it. Yeah, you know, like yeah, he is not he's not Shane. He's not he's not Eastwood. He he's, he just he's not acting heroically because he's a hero and that's what he's doing. He he gets backed into this position where then the next time the company sends people they're they're there to they're kill him. killers, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's also there's this lore, this backstory that he who did he kill who would he supposed to have killed wild Bill Turkett or something yeah, like something that. like, like, like that. Yeah. yeah and who no one knows if he existed right. <laughs> or right. if right. or if McCabe even did it, like it's it's really not clear, and then. He has to, there's this just, it, it culminates in this, like this wonderful sequence at the end of the film where there are parallel, there's like basically parallel stories. Okay. And then the one is McCabe fighting for his life. So it's kind of the, against the killers, I think, right? I think it's three killers. Yeah. So it, he, it it's, there's the survival aspect that becomes um intensified in the spaghetti, but there is a there is a twist. So the uh the killers um like through various uh machinations like eventually a, a fire gets set on the on church, the church it's right? A, yeah. yeah. It's not a planned fire and so the the rest of the town Sees the fire at the church, and they all rush to save it. Now, it, to be clear, this town has emerged really—I uh, don't know—we might want to say organically, like—but it was like people coming it's barely, to, a town, to, right? it's, barely a town, right? Barely a town. It's it's right right at the beginning. People coming to do work, um, and uh, and again, people coming to take advantage of each other. So there's a very transactional relationship between everybody in this town, and so there's this fire to the church, and everybody rushes to go save it and to pitch in in a way that they really hadn't uh to that point. Now the, uh, the parallel of that McCabe is trying, is fighting for his life and he's trying to kill these three guys who are, who would destroy the much, town. They would destroy the town Take it and over. also are right. m- much better fighters than he is. Right. And, and right. he's not a gunfighter, but no. all three of these guys are. Yeah. And at he gets the drop on two of them and then the last guy who is like Who's the, the, best. Uh, the final boss yeah, the, in a the video best game. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. He's taller than everybody. He yeah. has more lines. You know, yeah. you can tell he's he's gonna be the guy. He actually shoots McCabe. And he and he when he goes over to basically claim the kill, uh, McCabe shoots him. Yeah. And kills him. And kills him. Because yeah. because McCabe, McCabe was he's mortally wounded, but he was still alive. And McCabe is able to bring himself to be like, I don't know, to, to slouch against a, a building in the town where there's no one else. And he's going to, he's going to die. He dies so in the like, snow,
1: right? Like he's covered with snow yeah. at the end in the final image.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this, so there's a lot of the else, and other things that are, well, we're talking about in the film, but like for the purposes of this conversation, what McCabe does is he accidentally becomes, uh, the, the not the hero that the town deserved, but the hero they needed to put it in the the well known Dark Knight uh, way. Yeah. Dark Knight, yeah. But but really, like he exceeded himself. He yeah. he he saves. It's kind of funny. There are two things happening. He saves the town as the town is also saving the town. Because well, the town is right. unaware of this gunfight. They don't know about the yeah, gunfight. But but,
1: but what's great is that. So Altman is bringing. He. It's the first time we see this gesture toward the collective action, right? Like, like the, so that we still have the Western hero isolated and he, his, his gunfight saves the town, but there's the cross cutting, which is what is so great. Between that and and putting out collectively putting out the fire at the church, so we we're, we're on the way to Roadhouse, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we are on the we are on the way to Roadhouse. So Todd, why don't you why don't you take it away? Okay, so Roadhouse because there are elements. Sorry, just said put a bow on, on yeah on, on, on McCabe yeah. I, because. Uh McCabe and Mrs. Miller introduce like, it like it we have we have the hero that emerges out of nowhere, but again, we have this the the seeds of collectivity and the uh the collectivity being like needing to be fought for and won, which is a radical gesture. And it does it claims the life of the of one, at least one person who's who's consciously like he's he it's it's kind of like it's just really interesting. Like McCabe is having high noon. While uh, the town is having, I don't know, what what, what would you say? Like Battleship uh, Potemkin. Yeah, that's really, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. So, and, and, it, and, and it's part of what makes that film so complicated and interesting, but we have this movement toward the collective. Okay, now please. Now we get to right Roadhouse.
1: So Dalton, played by Patrick Swayze, comes. He, so he wor- we see him in the beginning working as a cooler in a bar. So a cooler mm-hmm. is not like a bouncer. So a bouncer throws people out. A cooler brings down the temperature in the bar. Like, yes. may, so is a, is a real force of law in the sense that they're not, they're not a cop, obviously, but they, mm-hmm. they, they bring, they, they make it, they make it habitable, the bar. Mm-hmm. And so this guy who comes to him, we see this guy watching him do his work. And you know, this is weird. What's he watching him for? And then, he comes in and says, can I, can I hire you? Basically, this is the guy, this is the guy that was in emergency Tilgman. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he, and he, he says, I have a bar that is just completely, it would be nice, but it's completely out of control. It's run over by lawlessness. My bouncers, you know, the band has to perform behind a fence because people are throwing beers at them uh right. like a like a, a barb like a wired uh mesh thing and 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 so like they blues brothers what's that
0: like blues brothers like
1: blues brothers right exactly yeah. exactly so so and 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 dalton agrees he comes and and he comes there and he in and, and he he really cleans it up at first but then what and he and he gets involved with there's a romance with the with the which is a little atypical for the western hero I think right like mm-hmm. even in Altman we don't see in Shane it's obviously suggested but he never right. never hooks up with Marion because that would <laughs> destroy the family yeah, but that, yeah but, it really would but but Dalton and the character is just named Doc he calls her Doc just because she's a doctor uh, which is yeah. interesting so she's socioeconomically higher than him. Uh, mm-hmm. and intellectually higher. Although he's he was a philosophy major, I think we learn, right? Like that yes, you, yes. at NYU. At NYU. The so the internet
0: he, can I tell you that this is really funny. The internet says often that he has a PhD in philosophy. Oh. But that's not in the that is not, not in, in the film. film. No, no. But really I, but film. it's out there on the internet, which I like, it's it's in, it's just I don't know. It sort of makes it more interesting. To it th- does. To think. It would be better, but, uh, I think,
1: if he was a PhD. Yeah, he gave up his university <laughs> position. He's like, I can't teach analytic <laughs> philosophy anymore. I've got to go work as a cool. I have, to, <laughs> I
0: have to go to where the action is. I got to be a cooler uh, at a right? club in New York. But yeah, that's. I could
1: yeah. go. To, I could yeah. turn to like German idealism, but I think I'm going to go this other direction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to uh, beat people up in a club. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. yeah. So he's very tough,
1: it. obviously, but he doesn't use a gun, as far as we see. Uh, I thought he'd be bigger. What?
0: I thought he'd be bigger. <laughs> I get
1: that a lot. I get That's that a, a lot. That yeah. is a line in the exchange in the, the, in the film. Yeah. So he he goes, he he lives in a very unpretentious, like just a loft that the guy, I don't think the guy was going to rent it out, was he? He wasn't trying to rent yeah. it out. He's just like, can I live no, in No, he
0: had been renting it out and people, like he said, uh, months of people refusing it. It's like $100 a month. It's a, it's a It's a loft above a barn. Above a bar, there's no right. There's no phone. There's no TV. Right, he, he says right. that. So it's like it's it's a like a a dwelling from the past. Right, uh, right. Which right. yeah,
1: Yeah. So so then he he actually does successfully clean up the bar, but in the process of doing it, he gets into a tiff with the main uh what would you call him brad wesley he's the he played by ben gazera he's, he's a great performance incredible, incredible he just, performance yeah he just got him. done killing a chinese bookie and then he he all of a sudden became a <laughs> sorry that was a that was a yeah. uh a reference to a what what is who uh, that's the name of the film killing of a chinese bookie and i've yeah forgotten.
0: killing of a chinese bookie yeah, yeah. that's the name yeah. of it
1: yeah uh which uh, is a really good film actually um anyway so so the the uh so he, so he's, sorry, so he's, so he, he, this antagonism develop, or, or the antagonism exists between not just the, so it turns out Wesley owns, he, it's like, he's almost like has a mafia-like control over the town, right? Like yes. you have to pay yes. him protection if you yes. run anything in the town. And yep. so all of the business owners do this. And then when, when they put up any resistance at all, like Wesley's men burn down the, the The liquor store is it, I think it's a liquor store right of the of this guy Hard, hardware store hardware store this guy named yeah. red and and then they 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 threaten the bar they did they're they're very and and there's a i think an amazing scene about Wesley's lawlessness, so he's driving his i don't know it's a Cadillac convertible some kind of convertible nice car, yeah do you remember the scene he's driving it down oh, yeah. the road? and he's, he just, he swerves, like, from one lane to another, like, he just, he doesn't care that there might be someone else coming, that they're just gonna have to get out yeah. of his way. I don't, I just, yeah. can I just say this a little pet peeve of mine, I always walk very, on the right side of the sidewalk, all the way to the side, and then often there'll be a group of, like, three people coming, and they just don't, they just don't make any effort, yeah. and so I have to go off the sidewalk. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then. Well, Todd, it, this
0: is part of how I broke my foot. There was a truck coming down the road that was not moving over oh. and so i was yeah yeah interesting yeah, yeah. so that's
1: yeah. i I don't know it's so. a little pet peeve i think if you're in a group you got to pay attention and get to the side anyway uh he's not doing that obviously he's just swerving <laughs> and then he drives dalton patrick swayze off the off the road and so at the time you're just like oh well but it, it doesn't wreck his jeep or anything he just gets is it he's driving a jeep or no, he's just driving later, his later.
0: Later, he drives a jeep that I don't think is his. I think it's uh, Doc's. It's the Doc's, right? Cause, but because right. it just comes out of nowhere, right? As a vehicle, because he drives
1: a always a crappy car because he knows people are going to damage it because he's of yeah. this position he has as the cooler in the bar, which is he's constantly people that are lawless. He's constantly throwing them out of the bar and and uh, and upsetting them. So he is yes. people people jam like street signs through the window of his car the, the, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. front, the windshield is shattered and he has to drive with a shattered windshield and there's all kinds of problems, but he gets driven off the road by Wesley. And I think that's, to me, that's the synecdoche for Wesley's position in the society, mm-hmm. right? Like he's mm-hmm. he, just pure lawlessness. Like he just, he doesn't yes. respect any kind of restriction. And then, and, and, and it's in, yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, can I say, l- yeah. yeah. So with, with Wesley, um, it's very interesting. Like the police do not appear until Wesley is murdered. Like that is the first time you hear police sirens in the entire film. Right. Right. Is is after he, now we're going to get to him being killed at them, but because it's very important to contextualize it, but like he until like, it's not until he's dead that you, there is even a, a, a hint that the, like the, a law external to him could exist. Right, because... I think that's something that the, the film does really, really well.
1: Really well, because I think we're supposed to believe that he has such pa- capital in the form of him, yeah. has such power that the law is feckless. Again, I mean, the yes. law is probably bought off, too. We don't know that.
0: Yeah, they do say the that. Film. No, they do say that. He has they do the, say that. bought okay. the sheriff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so then, what happens? What 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 ends up being his denouement? Because it's really, I think, pretty. I mean, the, the 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 I mean, it's so Patrick Swayze then brings in his fellow cooler, played by great performance, I think, by Sam Elliott. By Sam Elliott, who plays yeah. Wade, and he. Mm-hmm. What, it's kind of nice because there's a little sexual tension between wade and doc right who's who's dalton's girlfriend so there's a little sense that like oh maybe i should have brought this other cooler uh well
0: can i can i also say there's a lot of sexual tension between patrick swayze and everybody patrick swayze is doing tai chi shirtless and the elderly uh barn owner is watching him yeah and is like it's very clearly like (laughs) like having a Having having a, a a homoerotic fantasy for the first time in his life, like that's right. like it's clear, right. and like he like brushes his hair back, right? Watching him work out, right. um, Patrick Swayze's ass is very prominent very in the film, prominent. and also not yeah. not just as an object, but as this, it's constantly what um, Wesley says, "I'm gonna have your ass." Uh, this is what he says about um, about Swayze's character. Right, he, it, like three times he says it. Don't you
1: think it's interesting that in their relationships that we see them have sex, Doc and and Dalton? Um, mm-hmm. It 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 seems like Dalton, Wesley
0: watches at one point. Wesley doesn't watch from, from across the lake. It yeah. seems like
1: right from across the lake. It seems like to me that just to be to use this form of from Laura Mulvey that Dalton is much mm-hmm. more to be looked at he has much more mm. to be looked at in us than doc mm. does right like that like he's the sexual object in the film
0: yeah i think that's interesting because th- this was one thing i wanted to say so for just to go back to my to my earlier conviction that you were literally out of your fucking mind yes. like i when i rewatched the film for the first time after you said uh things to me about this being a really radical western like i was just really really transfixed i was like there are just unbelievable, uh, uh, an incredible amount of objectifying shots of women. Like I can't, like, I can't even, I can't how could you find radicality in something like that? But upon then that's, that's how it begins. It's like with, it begins with this like classic, awful Hollywood this shot of like the camera moving up the backside of a woman going to enter the bar. And what's, what is it uh, interesting? Formally, speaking and and this is jumping ahead a little bit but this i think this it makes more sense to put this here is that when at the at the end of the film when the law like the law that um Dalton Patrick Swayze brings has been established when there has been like this when uh this order and it is an order of collectivity has been brought to the town it's not that much more of the film that that there is after this, but there are scenes of the bar and there's no, um, what you might say gratuitous, uh, cinematography. In fact, there's even like, 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 um, doc and Swayze are even like, I don't know, like having sex in the lake and they're both naked, but you just know that they're naked. There's nothing gratuitous about seeing. So it's, it's almost you could almost make the claim that even formally there's a trajectory. Yeah there's a trajectory of like th- there is a there is a knowingness to the objectification in the cinematography, and it maybe harkens back to that thing that we were saying that like to do something radical, you have to put, you have to have some kind of bigotry to be like, hey, look, we're 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 still cool, yeah. Don't worry, you're just these- watching yeah. a normal western,
1: and there's a to normal be some, yeah. or
0: a, no, a normal '80s film yeah, that yeah. Is, that is is gonna um, t- you know treat women as as objects. And I think, but I, I do think something that is significant about this is you're right that like Swayze, right when you right when you think it's it's uh like i don't know that like women are being like objectified it like swayze is not wearing a shirt for most of it and like you see his ass you also see i don't think it's sam elliott but they totally got someone to play sam elliott's pubic hair that's right
1: they did because there
0: is that like there's that sort of thing as well like so and i i'm it feels very clear to me that like the the director like the film wanted to push actually male nudity but that is i think we all know this that is a problem for hollywood male nudity is is a huge problem for hollywood that it that uh, it's just like to have women topless is like whatever no one cares pg13 or pg even right. like it's it's it, like it's not a big thing but uh you know the great like uh you know and you can tell um I mean, I even think this is this maybe an, another interesting point about uh, about castration is that like whenever there's like a prominent like uh, this happens a lot on HBO like White Lotus or Game of Thrones where there's like a pro- like a, a penis is prominently in a shot. Yeah, it's like you see all the men It's like oh why do we need to see oh it's like it's this like this clear this thing that cannot be yes. included and I kind of th- I kind of think that Roadhouse is trying to push toward that well, to the degree that it can at the time so it would have been an
1: x rating yeah. it would have been so it's kiss of death basically so yeah it would right. have been you can't a, do that. there wasn't yeah. even nc 17 it was just x and so then you're like a porn yeah. film so you could not show male genitalia i mean but you see his mm. ass
0: you see his ass and yeah. like i say you see sam elliott's uh yes. a lot of sam elliott's front i think right. you I, I, get I, close. I want to put it right Right. You get close. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I just like that when I was after you told me this, like I, that was just in my head. I was like, there is just like this, like what are the rampant sexism? Yeah. How how is how how is Todd marrying that to the film's radicality? But I think that's, I think that's where it is. Do you think and, that, that? Do you think I, that's right? That's I, like totally, agree of, of, that. of I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that.
1: And I also think it's a real like, again, like she's she's upper. She's it's a real socioeconomic. Like he's below her in their relationship mm-hmm. and intellectually they have a real intellectual relationship, I think then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's very, very rare. I mean, there's not many philosophy majors depicted in, in although the kind of philosophy he does, I don't know where he went to school to get, I mean, NYU, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that so much. But, it is
0: but more, It's more, it's, it's really interesting. The second, see, this was the thing I said to you, cause I had seen the movie before. And I, I like I said, I said like, this is just a good, bad movie. And I yeah. was like, I remember saying this to you. I was like, when i was like he's a philosophy major and the first thing when he's asked to explain it uh he says it's about uh like re- man's religious search for for truth and meaning i was like what it like the he says philosophy and and what was your what's your response to that uh like now cuz i remember what you said then and i wonder if it's going to be oh uh, what did same i what say what then tell me what i said then well what you said well what you okay <laughs> what you told me what you said to me then was just that Um, as like his position in, as the, as the, as the Western hero, which I was also struggling to even grant as a possibility at the time, my resistance, um, that it was, a uh, it was an existential philosophy that he was. Yeah, that, that's that's what he was articulating. Yeah, yeah. It was, is is a kind of existentialism. That's yeah. what that's what. You that's said.
1: why I don't think no. he could have got it at NYU. At so. <laughs> NYU, that's funny. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you could. Where could you get it? Stony Brook. I mean, maybe there's a couple or some Jesuit school. I guess you'd have to go to, right?
0: Definitely in the U.S. Boston College.
1: Boston College. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Or Rick Boothby, you yeah. could get it. You can go to Loyola in hey, Maryland for for another year maybe before he. Hangs up his cleats.
0: Oh. Uh, oh boy! Yeah. So, wow! I didn't know that about Rick, but uh, yeah. a, a well-deserved retirement. Yeah. Here's what I want to say: If you're gonna any listeners, if you're gonna watch the film, seventy-five percent of the movie, you're gonna think that well, I don't understand what these guys are saying. But I, I'm gonna, I want to plant the flag. It's the last half hour. I think is incredible. Incredible. And and so there's a there's a lot there's a number of different things that happen. It, this is really part of the reason why I think that like the even the even the gratuitous sexism and objectification. Like I, I ha, like I almost, it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not, like the, the, the trajectory to move away from it. But I almost think it is like, I think uh, it is. Uh, I
1: do think it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It yeah. yeah. so, so the, um, there's this thing that you hear about Dalton in the past is that he killed someone by ripping their throat out. This yeah. is, happens in like the first, like three minutes of the movie. Yeah. And you think that's impossible. <laughs> right. Um, there like, how could someone do that? and this guy who's like the head toady of Wesley um provokes uh Dalton also depict
1: very depicted very sexually himself too right
0: yes, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, well, I mean it's there's a lot of again, you want to talk about another top gun kind of film yeah. like the you you definitely have that that like uh that amorousness that yes. homoeroticism, yeah. I think is like it's just riven throughout the yeah. film. Like everyone everyone looks at Swayze. Like all yeah. the men, everyone, everyone looks does. at Swayze yeah. like he is a snack. I there's where I think is is you're right about the to be looked atness. I think yeah. that's you're absolutely right about that. And so this guy, the head toady um who had previously burned down the uh the hardware store that right. was uh, owned by the uncle of uh, Dalton's love interest in the movie, who previously had a relationship with Dalton's enemy in the movie, so they have this nice, right, like uh, right. homo social triangle, right? To uh, bring in Sedgwick, the so the head Toady has gone to the to Dalton's barn, but he's burned down the the house of the uh, elderly the guy renting woman, to him, right. who renting it. So yeah. Dalton goes in and saves his life, and the Toady doesn't see him, but he's escaping on a motorcycle. Dalton gets to drop on him. Knocks him off the, the the motorcycle, and then they start fighting, and it's a it's a like there are a lot of it's something I said in the previous uh, episode is that like I I really it's not a western unless someone throws a glass of. <laughs> alcohol that they were going to totally drink but decide not to <laughs> against yeah. a wall. Yeah. Um, this movie has that in spades. Yeah. Um, Shane is maybe more interesting on this because Shane orders a double um, and throws it in the face of a guy yeah. who had been challenging him and said that you can't drink at this bar. And then by beating up, by dominating this guy, this guy then uh, turns into a tattletale on the, uh, on the capitalist owner. Right. That's how right. Shane knows... He's- so yeah. it's so. There's also again. There's there's a, a lot of, I think the the another thread throughout this is the is the homoerotic that I think yeah. is like very interesting yeah. for sure um, for sure for sure. So Dalton back to Roadhouse knocks this guy off the motorcycle and they're in this um, fight that is really well choreographed. Um, a lot of the I think almost all the actors did their own stunts in this film. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure
1: that's true. And it's between yeah, the burning house of his yes landlord and then the barn that he lives in and then there's a river kind of that runs between
0: well that's the lake that divides or the lake uh, sorry, not from yeah. from wesley yeah. yeah and they're fighting and they're, the the toady bad guy has this great line he's got he's got uh uh swayze in a headlock at one point and says i used to fuck guys like you in prison oh, it's which amazing. is i think yeah one of the top one of the top uh intimidating yes uh bad yes. guy lines yeah. i think in in hollywood history um and then
1: i i think you should use takes, it at a conference when you're Someone ask you a tough question.
0: <laughs> a quick question that I don't like. I used to fuck guys like you in front. Wow. I think it'll come. I think it might hit a little false coming from I, instead of this guy who really embodies that line. But we'll yeah. see, Todd. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe the
1: opportunity will present itself.
0: You will never present know. itself, perhaps. That's very funny. So then this guy pulls a gun. And this was the thing, is that like in Dalton's past is that. It was he acted in self-defense. He did he he executed this like extreme martial arts move in self-defense. Um, other people, uh Wesley especially says, Threatens We know him. that's not we true. We know it's not true. Right. And, yeah. Sam Elliott's character says, You like, you gotta let this go. Like he's yeah. like reinforcing the self-defense thing. So this guy takes out the gun and Swayze like uh deflects his hand, the guy shoots the air, and then he rips out this guy's fucking neck. Yeah. He yeah. kills him, by, and it's at this exact moment. Yeah, This is when Doc sees Swayze, and the entire time she's been on Swayze's side, she's been on Dalton's side against Wesley, yeah. her former lover, and she sees him take a man's throat out and is like, you are a monster. Yeah. And it's like this, you know, and and then Swayze like kind of leans into his monstrosity a little bit. He puts the dead guy in the lake and pushes him toward... Wesley's side right. of the lake. Well, like again, like I, I think incredible. And um I mean from there you 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 wouldn't think stakes could get higher but uh Wesley conspires to uh kill Dalton's uh best friend to kill right. Sam Elliot. Sam Elliot. Right. Uh bru- brutally and unexpectedly. And he, it's um, a, it's a kind
1: he, of a it's a little Superman scenario, right? Like both in Dark Knight Right, where, right. Dark Knight Two, exactly. Where where yeah. you have like Doc is in da- he he's not he thinks Doc is in danger, and he thinks that uh, Wade is in danger, the Sam Elliott character. Right. But then he he goes to Doc because he thinks well Wade can take care of himself.
0: Right, it turns out he right. can't
1: because he didn't know the threat was coming, and Doc yeah. is perfectly safe. And she's still pissed at him, so she doesn't. Yeah. She's like, I don't yes. want your help. Get out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's like, it's, "You're in danger. Uh, you got to develop." She doesn't care. She's like, "Get out of no. here!"
0: yeah, yeah. The tension, the way, like, this is what, it, what, like, this was what I was struck by. I just watched the film last night, and even, like, even I, even I was like, you know, like, I'm more sanguine about your take and and i now and i was watching and i was like boy this is really tough the first like 75% of the film and then but it gets to the last it gets, like it's a 2 hour film so it gets to the last half hour and i'm like no i'm on board completely convinced it has all been leading up to this like all that stupid stuff that you just thought was stupid it all i think it all comes together in a way that is uh r- surprising yeah uh, for and yeah. not and not not i don't mean in a in a twist way but like the the meaning that is in this like ending sequence the like there isn't really anything wasted like some of the s- scenes earlier in the film i'm watching it and i like i'm i'm like a very uh i'm like a harsh critic on editing i'm a, I, like when i watch something i'm like you could have cut that a little bit shorter yeah, like yeah. maybe there didn't need to be so much shot reverse shot maybe but i felt like a lot of the choices that i had an issue with earlier had to pay off in this section, um not the least of which, and I, and I hope I'm not skipping something that you wanted to talk about is that um after uh, Dalton sees Wade killed, he goes to wesley's mansion, yeah um and which is incredibly
1: opulent is, it's like it's like uh, Graceland or something right
0: basically, yeah. yeah, and so what something that's earlier in the movie this this film does doesn't do Chekhov's gun, it does Chekhov's car, <laughs> so Wesley it's a, not Wesley sorry uh, uh Dalton has a really really nice car the car he drove from New York to uh Missouri with oh by the way you're gonna have to remind me this film is based on a true story in a bit of a Fargo way so I'm gonna tell you oh, that okay uh, you want to hear that okay yeah, yeah okay yeah you definitely want to hear this um so he drives he drives from New York to Missouri and he gets a he gets a shitty car because you know you Todd mentioned this earlier he knows he's gonna get uh, his car, car destroyed fucked up, up yeah so he never he never uses this car. He uses his really really nice. Um, is it a BMW? It's not American. It's he does a not Mercedes,
1: I think, but it's something. Yeah, okay. It's, it's maybe BMW. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: maybe. I think you're right. It might be a Mercedes. Sure. Um, which would make me. Wrong. I don't know what car makers. Is. Is, yeah. is that American? I have no. No, idea. no, no, no. no. Um, Mercedes
1: and BMW. Neither one is American. So they're European. There we go. Okay. Yeah.
0: There we go. All right. So I. You know, I knew I had something there. Yeah. So he uses the car because it's a nice car. And he he the the knife that Wade is killed with he sticks through the the uh, the gas pedal so you don't see this until after the sequence plays out and the car he just has like rocket at the house because he knows they're expecting an attack from the front and so all these guys all these toadies empty a bunch of clips into this car
1: which then and blows he's not up even in it.
0: Yeah. it blows up yeah. and he's not. It, so that's the, that's the Chekhov's car. And for a while in this, uh, the sequence through uh, in the, in the compound, you don't see uh, Dalton kill anybody. You just see the dead bodies after the right. fact, right? Because right. he's gone in like a ghost. Right. Um, I, I also the, think like the car is really important. Yeah. Don't
1: you think that he's given, yeah. like it's his one yes. attachment to capital that we see or to the commodity, like he lives yeah. such a Spartan existence, right? Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is the one thing, and then he has to
0: sacrifice that. Yes, yeah, he did everything to protect it. That's why he yeah. got a shitty car, right? So right. he, you know, and then and then he has to sacrifice it in the name of collectivity. And there are a lot of opportunities for him to leave uh, throughout the film. Yeah, too. he could like just leave town. Elliot's in fact,
1: people keep that. saying that to him. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And but it's a little bit like what the. um what uh, the hardware store owner says to him. So he just kind of fell for the town and you think like, how, why? Like, there's not even a town here, but it's, but he, he does. And so eventually he like, uh, again, not unlike a a video game, he gets, he kills in sequence, the uh, except for the last bad guy who he frightens to uh, not to death, but to symbolic death with a uh with a bear big a polar huge bear stuffed polar bear falls on top of him right on, on top of this guy yeah. so he kills everybody else but except this guy and then he's cornered um Wesley and it's this confrontation uh they're fighting with like spears and just like bits of wood and punching each other and uh you know Dalton gets slashed about the uh, about the arm and which is like a little reminiscent of Commando at yep. the end of that film yep. and so he's kind of like fighting with one arm and uh eventually uh he he does beat up uh like he su- successfully beats up Wesley but he and he's about to take his neck. Like he's about to do it. He's got his hand in the the I'm gonna rip your neck out of your throat motion. And he doesn't do it. He walks away. And this is really important because Doc sees him not not do kill. It. Right. Yeah. And and that's really crucial for her. But then Wesley goes to grab a gun and just as he's about to shoot you hear a gunshot as he's about to shoot Dalton like basically in the back. Yeah. And the shot comes from somewhere else. And so right. it's all and and then you hear four shots. And the uh small the the like the not just small business owners but just like the underfoot figures in the town. Yeah. all shoot together. Kill collectively. Together. Yeah. Collectively, th- very very important. Uh they kill Wesley. And this is the this is the radical shift from shane where you can kind of see the uh the the uh collision of shane and mccabe and mrs miller that i think is roadhouse yeah. that's kind of why we've done it this way right is that it's not just dalton saving the the town by himself individually like this this threat this like violent threat and then the town saves themselves the collectivity forms that way it's actually the collectivity forms in the eradication of the the violence and the threat. Yeah. And rather than in Shane, where Shane takes the burden of uh having to kill from Van Heflin's character, the town takes the burden of having to kill right. from Dalton. Right. And right. that is I I that's that's your big big point. It's and incredible. I, and, it's and,
1: incredible. And yeah. that's why he can live in the town afterward, as he's just fine. They're just in the lake, they're having a nice time, having sex, yeah. right? He's with well, a woman. It has, it's it's like yes. you know, there's no problem because of this. Because the collective has taken on the burden. I mean, it's a it's a film, real, isn't it? Envisioning what it would be without a sovereign exception. To use, I yeah. hate to use Agamben's terms because you know mm-hmm. his yeah. name is stricken from the book of life. But um, I do think that that's. That it's trying to say, like, wait a minute, maybe we don't need this figure of the exception to do this founding violence. Maybe we can, in some way, do the violence collectively and then incorporate that violence within to within the whatever the law is going to be, right? Like, so it's it's a way of saying we have to re envision how law gets instantiated, and then that implies it doesn't. Obviously, we don't see what it looks like, but doesn't it imply? Mm -hmm. A new vision of what law would actually be, because mm-hmm. it's it it doesn't have the same form of instantiation that it does in these prior westerns. And I think it's just yeah, it's just incredible. I think like I I don't know that I'm I don't want to overstate it, but it's hard to think of a film as radical as as Roadhouse in the ending.
0: Mm. It's well, I mean, like sorry, I set this up earlier. The first time you see the cops is after right after Wesley is killed right right. after the town has killed Wesley and this Todd McGowan, this is the true story that forms part of the, uh, the basis for roadhouse in Missouri in a town, uh, there was a, a man, a capitalist, a rich guy, so reviled That it's this is actually maybe even a little bit more radical than what ends ends up in in the movie because it's like one of those things where like what happened in reality is too unbelievable to include (laughs) in a a film. This is when we eventually do our episode on the wire. I will remind you that in real life, the the real life um, uh, Omar Omar Little, the guy who he's based on in uh, in reality, survived a jump from I think a tenth story window escaping. Uh, Combat with uh, with other drug drug dealers dealers, and yeah, and when they wrote that HBO sent it back to them, they were like, "No one's going to believe this." (laughs) So he had to jump. So they actually had to make they had to make fiction more believable than reality. And in reality, there was a a capitalist who was so reviled by the town, he was killed in broad daylight, and no one, no one, one. it's just like the end of this movie. Everyone (laughs) says, "I didn't see what happened," like. I didn't see it. Right. Everybody broadly by the town. Right. Not by but one person. By the town. That's, that's great. the story. That's great. So that, that's and how I the film
1: ends too. The town yeah. it doesn't end because we have the, the later scene in the lake. But there's a later but, sequence. But but yeah. the but the town kills him. And then mm-hmm. the guy that had the polar bear fall on him has a gun, but he doesn't yeah. he doesn't u- he's like, he I'm, doesn't not, use I'm not I'm not gonna use it. And then the cops come and they're and they say, Well what no, happened? No Todd,
0: even more than that, he also saw what happened.
1: Right, right and they
0: ask him and, too he
1: says i didn't see anything right right it's an interesting right. because usually that's a, the way that corruption works right like saying i didn't mm-hmm. see anything but right, right, right. this is a, it's it flipping the, the thing it's like that's a, it turns out to be an ethical gesture not it's funny because yeah. i think i think kant would disapprove right like kant would yes, say would, sure. because you're lying and so you can't yeah. found so you do need this foundational lie of for the town, yeah. but, but, mm-hmm. but, but rather than being disavowed, I think the film is just like the violence, it's integrated into the mm-hmm. law, which, you know, what that looks, I mean, obviously the film can't envision what it looks like because it's, it's not, you know, it's not, a, it's not that great because what could do that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that, right, I'm not even sure. sure that that's the office of art to do that, right? Like that would mm. be, I mean, that's for political activity or whatever, but, um, yeah. I don't know. It
0: gives the idea, it gives shape to the idea of like of collective violence as being foundational for the law, rather than this individual, hyper-individual capitalist violence being the foundation of the law, which is the world that we live in. Right. You know, like, so uh, and And so, and
1: and, yeah. No, can't you imagine that the law then would be much more collective and less, you know, the law today in, I think in almost every country in the world is is so individualized, right? And so collective, mm-hmm. there's yeah. no ever sense of like collective responsibility for things or like collective interests or all that. None of that is really written into the law. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that that, and like the violence of, of the, of the Wesley character, it's not, it's it's like that violence in the, under the capitalist law is, is looked away from, or it's even, allowed but i think that that what they're going to set up would 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 upset that right it wouldn't allow it would Mm -hmm. it would would, would prohibit that it would make that impossible so i think there's i mean i think we're supposed to think wow there's a really substantive change that happens and again it's it's unlike any western that was ever made before ever
0: Mm. ever ever yeah yeah no, it's like I I think just to to pull together various threads. Like part of the part of why like why is this important? Okay, so a uh, 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 roadhouse is a is is a, is a radical western. Like uh, it's, so what the so what I I think for for you and I is that like um you we are we are very it's. We, we too often come at um, objects of uh, culture, particularly popular objects from the position of evaluation. And the like I, we were talking about The Ringer earlier, there's basically like five, like I love the podcast and The Ringer, and I love the content that the pop culture content that it and other places put out. But there's basically five kinds of conversations. And I'm just going to use succession as an example. I haven't seen it, so I'm not wedded to the things I'm about to say one yeah, way or the other. Good. But basically like this, everyone thinks succession is good, but actually it's pretty bad or everyone thinks succession is good but actually it's great actually everybody thinks it's great but you know what is it um is it elite well i don't know about that it's like okay every like we, we can accept that succession is elite but is it pantheon right. level right. and then we have that and then uh, the other one is like well what is the pantheon and then it's right. just like right. we're like so there are there are objects that we uh that we scrutinize and we do it usually on the level of evaluation yeah we don't normally do it on the level of uh trying to find like the argument and again like what is something is something good is something bad Roadhouse is a good bad movie that's what it is right but what does it do what, does it, and what do? it does is right. it it stages this radicality and I think really really important for both of us uh is this is like this is a, a a popcorn Hollywood film. This could be watched by anybody, right? And I don't like like you, you know. I, I I like the the things that we're pulling out of the film. Like they are, they are there. They're there to be seized. Everyone
1: anybody. would see it, right? You couldn't not yeah. see it, right?
0: it's yeah well that's i think that's why i think that's why the audience score is better than the uh right. than, than the critic score i think like what people are seeing is like eight like even in the most basic formulation is that a town came together to rescue itself against and normally like you might say like okay so what like a villain but i mean the 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 it, it's it's inescapable to, to watch, to like watching this film and, and, and to be on the, on the side of the, uh, of the capitalist and on the capital the side of the capitalist excess. Right, I I don't, I think like, it just seems like that's a contrarian way to view something. It's like, you know, it's like this, all this shit. It's like Thanos did nothing wrong. The empire did nothing wrong. Wesley did nothing wrong in the movie. He was just trying to explain like the, like the capitalist and Shane, he didn't really do anything wrong. He had a right to the land too. Like that's a contrary, like that's like, 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 uh, you know, and, and, and I think that's, uh, I think that's why it's important to, to just put it in a sentence as we've been kind of talking since, uh, this like, well, this trajectory that started uh, at the the beginning of the year, like being able to see the radical and the popular, yes, is yeah. crucial. It's huge. And I think it's huge. that, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't know if you had anything.
1: No, uh, yeah. I just, For I, 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 that's, yeah. I'll just, we'll, we can punctuate it there. But I mean, the lesson is
0: is maybe obvious this this week, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I do want, I do want to clear up. I do want to say. I said. uh based on a true story in the same way Fargo is, I think most people think about that as not based on a true story and it's kind of not, but there are two things. There was a case of, um, I don't know if it was a man killing his wife, but there was a case that this. Coen's found out about someone killing someone with a wood chipper. Okay. That was a real thing that happened. And they also found out about someone in Connecticut who was scamming, uh, automotive companies, but like he worked at a car dealership and he would like file serial numbers or fax faulty serial numbers. And he was like basically boosting cars from the place that he worked. Okay. And so, those are two things that are put in, in that film, yeah. and then the rest of it is, is around it. And then this true story uh, in Missouri—that's that, amazing. Uh, yeah, that ends up being the 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 end of a uh, Roadhouse, yeah. which uh, yeah, I, I definitely find uh, well, it's 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 really, It's just really interesting. It's like those like those are the like um, I, I think theoretically inspiring stories that like you just don't normally hear about. You don't hear them, right? 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 Yeah.
1: So the lesson is watch Roadhouse. And so enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, sad.